Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome everyone to episode 194 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporik. I am back from Japan and we are going to catch up everything that I missed while we were gone. So that includes Tom Thibodeau being fired, Jimmy Butler mouthing off about his role in the Sixers offense, Justin Holiday being traded, and John Wall now being out for the season. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian, but I am very jealous of you having been gone to Japan. Yeah, don't be jealous of the jet lag coming back. Oh, I'll take that. That's a, that's an easy trade-off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Japan is, once again, a very lovely country. Uh, it was a great time there. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I watched the only basketball I've watched in the last two weeks, and this is honest-to-God truth. On some random night, there was like we were watching TV in the hotel, and there was a special on the 94-95 Magic. For some reason, like nice. the Shaq and Penny, like going Horace up, Grant, yep. Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson, yeah, yep. going up against Houston, and then like how it led into Shaq joining the Lakers. It, like nice. I don't know why this was on Japanese hotel television, but it was a really fun trip down memory lane. Yeah, but, Nick Anderson just blowing those three throws. Yeah. Oh man, oh. yeah they they had it was a, it was a really good special like they had every, everyone now like Shaq and Nick Anderson and Penny and talking about all those guys but yeah uh, aside from that I have seen precisely zero basketball in 2019 so more today's episode you're just gonna catch me up on what I missed basically and then like I'm just gonna ask you questions really like why these things have happened because I'm missing the context for it. Well, some guy on Twitter learned, you know, taught me how to do threats, basically, so I could actually go in. It's like, so <laughs> one out of 216. Right. You know, basically, what's gone on is the league has exploded with Harden Mania. Yeah, I have seen yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, he had a game last night, so I haven't updated these numbers, but going into the game last night, uh, over the final nine before that, he took, on average, 16.83s a game. Wow. Yep. Huh. It's work- it, it worked for him. He was hitting 40.4%. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I he saw was he just... had, like, a streak of 40-point games 
like a nine or ten yeah. game streak of that. Yeah, more, more or less. I mean, wow. he was he was at, at least averaging in the you know area of forty. Right. Yeah, like the the Rockets are good now, and he's right back in the MVP race. Neither of which I saw coming three weeks ago. No. That's but that's where we are right now. Like he, okay. it this was Harden's you know time. While you were away, Harden just kind of cemented himself again as one of the you know elite players in the league. Nice. Not that there was any question surrounding that, but right. I mean. He just had to, you know, throw in a little reminder. Yeah. And I, I take it Russell Westbrook is still shooting like 3 of 20 every night? Yeah. So <laughs> a friend of mine sent me this, which is great. Russell Westbrook is shooting worse from downtown, uh-huh. you know, than, than Greg Popovich is doing in winning championship on an you know on an, uh, a yearly basis. Like oh, Pops, wow. <laughs> yeah, like Pops rings to seasons yeah. ratio is actually higher than Russ's three point. <laughs> all right, good, great. Uh, all right, well, the first thing I saw that like you know I, I was not on Twitter very much at all except to post like pictures of food because I really wanted. Oh, to I saw. It. Yeah. yeah. I uh, saw. <laughs> I wanted to torment everyone. Well, now it's all just like sitting inside of me and I gained 10 pounds. So the joke was on me ultimately. But the one thing I did see in somewhat real time was Tom Thibodeau being fired. Right. What, why now? Like, why is it? Has there been any context or reporting of like why the Timberwolves did this now instead of, I don't know say, when Jimmy Butler demanded to trade and let him oversee it? (laughs) No, actually, the only thing I've read so far was that it didn't really matter that they were coming off a 22-point win. Like, Uh most people were (laughs) kind of focused on that. They just beat the living crap out of the Lakers. Yeah. And then he got fired, and (laughs) he was just... Like, he was blindsided, and everyone, like Taj Gibson as well, were like, wait, what? What what just happened? (laughs) Um... But, but apparently it had been building for a while, and, uh, you know, Saunders Jr. is taking over now, which is, like, they got their first win, and that's that's kind of special, so mm-hmm. we can spin it in a positive sense, but looking back at, the, back at the tips experiment, like, he didn't even survive half his contract. Right. Like, <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad, however you slice it, and I think a lot of it had to do, really, with the rotation pattern. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he just didn't learn, man. Yeah. Just didn't learn. And the defense, for some reason, is just... Well, actually, not for some reason. We know why. Like, his defense, you know, icing the pick and roll and doing all those stuff, that, that's just been negated by the fact that people have now started to take, like, 33s a game mm-hmm. on an average. Actually, I looked this up today, actually. 31.1 is the number on average for teams taking threes per game. Okay. And just 10 years ago, it was 18.1. Wow. Yeah, so it's so that basically just negated his defensive know-how because now when you, you know, <laughs> when you try to force teams baseline, you just swing the ball back out on the top. Hey, three-pointer from a big guy, right? Right. Um, so his defense just didn't. It it wasn't really future-proof, I guess. Yeah, and also the personnel in Minnesota have not necessarily panned out as you would hope. I, I was trying to not go there, Brian. <laughs> I, but it's fair, right? Like, I mean. Towns puts up big numbers as a shot blocker, but he's still not Rudy Gobert, or Stephen Adams, or Joel Embiid in terms of a rim protector. Andrew Wiggins 
has those flashes defensively, but is not the consistent stopper that you would want as a Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, that type of player. Like I like the, that you go all with with those names, like with Carl Anthony and Towson. Like, is he is he even a Nene defensively? <laughs> like, you you go with the Gold Bears, so like, is right. he even a Nene? <laughs> yeah, well. and and I and I mean Wiggins, you know, like not Paul George. Is he a Trevor Ariza? Even no, not. I mean, right. yeah, but I mean, like he he. They're so yeah. I mean, I guess it's fair to say they're like so far away from that that. But right. like that's what the you know they're two number one overall picks like ideally especially Wiggins I don't know that Towns coming out of college his selling point was more offense than defense right yes yeah. it was yeah but like Wiggins yeah. the selling point was like this guy is a monster athlete he should be a 20 point per game scorer and a defensive stopper and like right and, he, a, and an all-around player right and he's lived up to one part of that he is a 20 point per game scorer just not efficiently and it is not a, a couple consistent. years ago he was. Yeah. Well, now he's also not a consistent stopper. Yeah. Basically not consistent at anything other than being inconsistent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's Jeff Green as the number one overall pick. Oh, I've seen so many recent Jeff Green, Rudy Gay comps, and I'm like, oh, why Why are you going after Rudy? What has yeah. Rudy done? I, I, I mean... <laughs> If if Wiggins ends up with a Rudy Gay career, isn't that like a win? At this, At this point, point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sad. oh, that's sad. Oh my god, we need to like, yeah. Tips is out. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I was like genuinely curious. It was like, was there like a locker room meeting that happened? Like, because again, I I mean, I just haven't been following the day to day minutia as I would while I'm in America. So I like legitimately thought I missed something as to why they fired him now because like you know i read woge's story and that didn't really say anything it was just like i think i saw sham say there was something about like season ticket renewals was coming up yeah that (laughs) (laughs) that was part of it yes i've heard that i don't know how much stock you put into that but guess you know that's just people talking um and, and to be fair i haven't really gone on the athletic uh, or I didn't go on the athletic when when Tibbs was fired. I was just I, I stuck to the the Vogue story and more or less I didn't really go into the minutia of it because I was like obviously right like it just made sense all the way through it because we've been talking about Tibbs not even you know he shouldn't really go into this season. He should have been fired last summer. Right. Or so, at least you know like when the Jimmy Butler stuff happened and Tibbs is still in control. The, the problem, I mean, we said it, like, for years now, the problem of him being the dual coach slash president and, like, the conflicting, as a coach, you want to win now. As a president, you need to look further ahead. And, like, mm-hmm. they were reportedly prioritizing guys who would help them stay competitive and win now in a Jimmy Butler trade, whereas, in theory, like, you know, I love Covington and Sarich, so they're both great players. They've helped the Timberwolves stay at least competitive but like you might not have much to show you gave up three you know young i don't want to say blue chip prospects because i don't know if you necessarily feel that way about like dunn and levine necessarily but three young guys who should have been part of your franchise for a long time like Mm -hmm. sarich and covington are good players but i don't know that they 
necessarily have the ceilings. They definitely don't have the ceiling of a Lori Markkinen, who you gave up in that Correct. deal. So, yeah. you know, may, the if you had separate coach GM role, the GM would say, well, you know, we can get a, a Covington, but we should also get that Miami 2021 pick that Philly got in the Zaire Smith deal because like mm-hmm. we we should have we should balance now and later whereas Tibbs as the coach is probably just like nah I, I'm now obviously fighting for my job I just need to like keep us as relevant as possible now screw the later cuz I'm probably not even going to be here I don't rem- remember if there are any more uh, anyone left in that dual coach GM role I I mean I don't know if Pop necessarily counts. Well, Pop, well, he he's okay then. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, like, uh, he has final say. I but they have another general manager running the yeah, RC Buford, right? Yeah. So and who has won like executive of the year? It's not like he's some figurehead schlub, you know? <laughs> no, but like team president because like in in Minnesota, Scott Layden was the GM and Tips right. was like the team president. So yeah, but but if, if there isn't anyone left in that specific role. Yeah. Then I think this will be the death of it. I don't think we'll see that again. Because it was Doc was there, but he got stripped of the team president role. Correct. Bud was it in Minnesota in uh, Atlanta, but that's now gone. Stan Van Gundy had it in Detroit. He's now out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you're right. I think there. I think Pop is probably it, which is really how it should be. We've been railing against the dual idea for a while. Yeah. And with Pop, it's fine because he's proven it. You know, he's proven he can handle it. Right. And he has a, a sense of looking at the future. Like, fair enough. You know, the the Kawhi Leonard trade might end up not being the greatest because yeah. you could have maybe gotten a Pascal Siakam mm. or yeah. an OG and an Obi. Mm-hmm. Eh, you know, you'll manage. Right. Right. If that's your worst screw up in twenty years, you'll yeah. survive. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Before we move on from Minnesota, I have seen reports that they're considering hiring Fred Hoiberg. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't think that happens. Okay. <laughs> uh, simply because... Oh, what is his first name, the uh, Saunders' son? Uh, Ryan? Ryan, there we go. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Sorry. I mean, look, there's a lot of love there mm-hmm. uh, because of the, the legacy of Flip, obviously. Right. And I think they're going to run him into the next season and see what's up. Okay. Uh, that wouldn't be surprised me. At, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I mean, look, that team needs an anchor of some sort. Yeah. And that entire franchise loved Flip. Mm-hmm. And with Ryan there, there's an emotional connection. And I think that that city and that team needs it. Mm-hmm. quite frankly because when you look at the roster when you look at the roster construction of the last what 10 14 years it's just been you know if you know th- this talent in this talent out you no know, a guy been given like a one year chance to do something then out of the door again it's just been a revolving door right and if you can just settle up that head coaching posi- position and you know for at least four or five years mm-hmm. that's going to be a start yeah. and Hoiberg you know, I know that he got jerked around by Garpax. I really do. But at the same time, I'm just not sure he's an NBA coach. Like he just seems better at the college game because he's more of like a player's coach and like a teacher. 
mm-hmm. than a guy who can really demand the respect in the locker room. Not, not saying that he has to be like a tips, right? You know, screaming in everyone's head off, but it, but a head coach also has to demand respect and attention, and he just did not seem to be able to do that. Right? Could yeah. you imagine putting him next to Wiggins and Towns? Exactly. They'll that was, eat him. Yeah, that was my question about this whole thing because like that was the criticism of Hoiberg was that like he's not necessarily the guy to like light a fire under his players right and if Towns and Wiggins are your franchise players both of whom like may need like a hard driving guy to light a fire under them is Hoiberg the right choice here's what I want right if Hoiberg is hired this summer Mm-hmm. I want some someone with mad Photoshop skills to to just you know create this picture of Hoiberg on the bench with you know Towns just laying down in the fetal position with his head on Hoiberg's you know one thigh yeah. and then on the other side Wiggins with both of them with their thumbs in their mouths just like <laughs> and with Hoiberg just looking like this dead coach going you know this is all be fine this right. will all be fine right. You know they, who they should hire is Jim Boylan. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But at this point, though, like Tips has to be really frustrated with Fred Hoiberg. Oh, yeah. I, I, there can't be any. Well, I mean, Hoiberg hasn't gotten the job yet, but yes. If, no, if, just but the fact that he was rumored. Like, right. every single time yeah. Tips out the door somewhere, it's like, hey, Fred. What up, Fred? <laughs> I bet he, his next contract, if he gets a job again in the NBA, he's going to have like a non-compete clause where it's like, if you fire me, you are not permitted to hire <laughs> Fred Hoiberg for 12 months. After. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. After my firing. Oh, I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's change gears. Let's go to a former Timberwolf, uh, Jimmy Butler, because this was a story that while on vacation, I did not want to see. But at the same time, I was eternally grateful that I was not on Twitter very much for these two weeks because I'm sure it was just a nightmare. But no, it wasn't as bad. It, really? it wasn't as bad. Yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. Well, no, so it, it was bad when it, it hit. Yeah. yeah. So the story is Woj and Ramona Shelburne reported, I guess, only a couple days ago. It felt longer than that. But he said he Jimmy Butler has aggressively challenged Philadelphia Sixers head coach Brett Brown on his role in the offense, complicating an already tenuous chemistry among the team's big three hierarchy. Right. He was vocal in his contesting of Brown in the system. Basically, he just wants to run more pick and rolls and isolations. Yeah. So people didn't freak out? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they did initially. And yeah. then a couple of days later, it was it was actually more toned down. Huh. 
then I yeah I was surprised too. I figured oh this would be like a two two week venture into Crazy Land, right? But it hasn't been, and I think Brett Brown deserves a lot of the credit because he came out like yeah I kind of agree with Jimmy on on a few things like he and and we're competitive and I need to do a better job and like it just seemed that the that this was Jimmy trying to be competitive in his own messed up way uh-huh. and brett brown coming out and going oh yeah i know what you think i i know you all think it's the ego it's the competitiveness there's this you know there's a difference mm-hmm. um and and in terms of the pick and roll i mean yeah it, you know he's he's not a dribble handoff type of guy as brett brown himself alluded to mm-hmm. um he is more of a pick and roll guy and and you know i think brett looks at it as a challenge to you know figure out how to best run all those three at the same time, okay. Um, but of course, like it wasn't great, sure. and I think it's, I think it's fair to say this, Brian, without going into details. Okay. We heard something before you went to Japan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So this, I mean, so this didn't really come as a shock. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I am literally forbid, you know, forbidden to say anything else. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. If nothing else, at least this puts the focus back on where it should be. Like, Sixers Twitter has spent the entire season on either fire Brett Brown camp, or we need to trade Ben Simmons camp, or, like, there is a vocal minority that is correct in asserting, like, hey, they're not a championship contender because they don't have any depth in Furkan Korkmaz is starting games in some instances, or, like, playing Mm -hmm. a big role, and like until they address that, nothing else. They're not going to win a title, which is that's Agreed. that's the correct camp to be in. The other two are just like, why are why are we even like you're just on Twitter because you're bored and you want to get in arguments. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fire Brett Brown, he's terrible. But the Jimmy stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Deba- you know, get get into arguments on Twitter. <laughs> Never. Never, never. No, I only. Th- I oh no. I'm. My, I'm sorry. My bad. I only thought former video coordinators did that. I'm <laughs> right, sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Since you have never been in the NBA before, your That's, opinion, this is true. Your opinion is invalid, and you should never. Win this it. is very much true. It is very invalid because I haven't been fired by the Washington Wizards. This is true. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, but like, here's where the focus should be for Sixers fans for the rest of the year. Their whole goal going in was get a third star. Like, the whole point of this season was get a third star, whether it was in 2019 free agency, whether it was via trade, or whether it was by Mark L. Fultz remembering how to shoot a basketball again. Those were the three options. Mm-hmm. They got Jimmy Butler early, which is great, because you need, as the last two months have proven, you need time to work him into your system. It's not a seamless... Correct. Like, you can't just slide a Jimmy Butler in and expect overnight results. Like Right, because he's he's like a mini Harden. He needs possessions. Right, and he needs to control yeah. the ball a lot during those possessions. Right. As you said, he is not a dribble handoff guy. Like, he needs to have the ball in his hands a lot, which is not what the Sixers do. Like, they don't run pick and rolls. They don't run isolations. They're very big on dribble handoffs and ball movement. So it was not a natural fit. So figuring that out is the big challenge this year, along with the depth issues. But also, this summer is coming. And, like, the Sixers can offer him more money and a longer contract than anyone else. But that doesn't mean he can't go to the Clippers or to the Nets 
and say like screw it i'm still i'll still make 145 million dollars with you over the next four years like factor in that fifth year that i sign on my next contract and it's not a gigantic difference what you think do you think i I, yeah well do you think that like this blow up affects his free agent market yeah you knew exactly where i was going with this yeah I don't think he gets a max from anyone. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Outside of Philly, will probably have to offer it at this point. Right. But if they're, it's it's a delicate dance because I would understand if no one else offers Jimmy a max, then mm-hmm. why should Philly? Right. But at the same time, you don't want to come in and be really aggressive about it yeah. and be disrespectful or whatever because then Jimmy might end up signing elsewhere just out of spite. Right, and you don't want that either. Right. So the one team where you could see him actually end up signing a max is Philly. Yeah. To, in in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, of course, it always takes one team. Like the Knicks could easily just do something, but I'm just hoping that's not the case for anyone. I, I think this is troublesome because we are looking at a situation potentially where Jimmy would be joining his fourth team in four years. Right. This summer. Yeah. And he's. He's approaching an age where, look, right now Jimmy Butler is still one of the 15 best basketball players in the NBA. I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say. He's Correct. approaching an age where there will be a drop-off at some point. And he's going, oh, to be, sure. he's going to be paid like he's the team's number one player. But right. I think if Jimmy Butler is your number one player for the entirety of his next deal, you aren't going anywhere. Yeah. I would probably agree with that. I think the decline is interesting because I don't think it's going to be as significant as some, you know, uber athletic guy who uses all of his, you know, you know, all of his athleticism to get points. Oh, like I don't think, yeah. We're going to talk about John Wall later, don't worry. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good one. That's Thank a good you. one. Um, you know, I I I think there is a level to his game that will allow him to in some parts of the game grace you know age gracefully mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how do you do that while also you know finding that balance on this team while making yourself a, a championship contender year on year in because right. you know here, here's my entire problem with with philly right now the entire point of the process was to have as many shots as, as possible as getting stars mm-hmm. and getting like t- you know a team that was so super rich in talent that you could move pieces around and you know find the right team that could be competitive for like 12 years mm-hmm. right yep all right i don't know if you agree with this but as far as i'm concerned you have one shot left, and that is Markel Foles becoming the Washington Markel Foles. Yeah. If I, he does not do that, game over. Yeah. I mean, I I think they have a little more flexibility, if only because you still have the Miami 2021 pick, which I think right. is a, a, a valuable chip, if only because I know the one-and-done thing probably isn't going to happen that year, but it's still a completely unprotected pick, which just mm-hmm. aren't offered all that much, especially right. now. I mean, I can't remember the last time, like, you know, it, like a Toronto Raptors this year would offer an unprotected pick because they know it's going to be in the late 20s, but, like, we have no idea what that Miami pick's going to be in a couple of years. 
I mean, well, you know, but Miami knows that they're in that situation, and you know yeah. Pat Riley. Yeah, like he is not going to give up that pick if it's a high one. If you know what I mean, like he right, will. Right, right. The, the the summer leading up to that, he is going to build the living dude out of that team. I and, hate not being able to swear on this podcast anymore. Unless he's with the Lakers, of course. <laughs> hey Pat. Hey Pat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Join the Lakers. Let just tag the. 2021 season away it's fine uh, uh, I, I was i'm just i'm just you know being thrown back immediately to lebron's first season in miami uh-huh. like, hey pat hey pat yeah. you want to coach yeah you want to coach yeah hey or yeah. did you, do you do you ever think about coaching pat yeah hey pat pat i don't like luke walton that much pat come on over <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll even let you bring spo i like him now i i, I like him now <laughs> Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, it, yeah. it I think you're right. Markel is their their best hope to get mm-hmm. that like last piece of the puzzle. There will be some flexibility. They'll have some free agent money this summer depending on what happens with Redick. Uh, like but you're right. Like the, their flexibility is far less than it was 2 or 3 years ago, which is the point. Like at a certain point you have to cash in. And like there are, you know, there, Zach well, Lowe that, that, Whoa, whoa, hang on. That wasn't my point. My point is that's why they shouldn't have gotten rid of Hinky. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> duh. No, no, no. Right, but but just just see what happened. Like as yeah. soon as he was yeah you know, left, but let's call it what it is, indirectly fired, in some capacity. Right. Like that 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 treasure trove just began to you know bleed dry. Yeah. What what have you got now? Yeah, you got the twenty twenty one. All right. But again, Pat might you know do everything in his power to make that you know not as attractive as we're making it out to be now. Right. Then what? Yeah. Then what? I mean, you know. No, uh, and I think you know the problem that we're discussing with like the short-term problem, aside from the questionable fit of Butler, Simmons, and Embiid, is the lack of depth, which you can directly attribute to two years of Brian Colangelo not acquiring rotation caliber players aside from jj reddick right like Furkan korkmaz they declined his option heading into this year and they're only playing him out of desperation but mm-hmm. like he he struck out on a number of draft picks that weren't ben simmons he traded up for markel fultz when you could have that sacramento pick i mean look i i don't blame him for doing that because it made sense on paper you could not have foreseen what happened with fultz in the 18 months since, but... agree. You know, like, TLC, again, like, on paper, a great fit. Didn't work out. They, But he... That Pesechnik's trade, terrible. This is an yeah. awful idea right away. But he also just didn't add anyone of value. And Jared Bayless? Like, okay. It was... <laughs> it ended up being right. salary filler in the Jimmy Butler deal. Amir Johnson? Yeah fine like good locker room leader but is a walking corpse this year he's not playing right so yeah i mean you spend two years you know that's the difference between the sixers and toronto where toronto was also in win now mode but then they still get guys like siakam og um who else who who did they trade for in Kawhi? the big guy oh yaka purtle yeah yeah, like they still had some young guys with talent. Dion Wright, Fred Van Vliet, like yeah. they they kept a good young bench and developed those guys. 
Whereas that's where the Sixers have fallen short in a couple of, in recent years. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just shocked that no and one. And they just got Pat McCarr. My, McCarr. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, good for Toronto. They're finally. I'm so proud of you, Toronto. You're actually gonna maybe win something this year. Uh, but to wrap up the Sixers stuff, I, I'm pleasantly surprised that the reaction was more muted than I expect. And I guess that's you're right. Like I did see Brett Brown came out and said, like, yeah, Jimmy's right. Like I, I had no mm. problem with him voicing his opinion, he, as he should. So right. Hopefully, but I mean, it was bad. You know, I can't. Oh my yeah. god, I am so used to swearing. <laughs> you know, it was insane for the first day or two. Sure, obviously. Yeah. But after that, like after all the reaction pods and reaction articles came out, and people on Twitter were done laughing, like. Uh-huh. It kind of quieted down. I again, I was definitely anticipating a two-week bender on this, but right, yeah, no, good. See, I'm glad we. I'm glad I was not available to do an emergency yeah. pod that day. That worked out well. Yeah, like there, there are still like snide remarks here and there. Of course, that's right. fine. I mean, you know, I and I get it. Like, look, Jimmy is you know an a-hole. Right. He has been for a while. I mean, I think <laughs> even he knows that. Yes. I think everyone knows that. And I think that is the level of understanding that we've gone to, like, collectively. We go back to that whole, oh, that's right, Jimmy's an a-hole. Right. And then we laugh at it for a day or two, and then afterwards, eh, back to business. Then we'll be an <laughs> a-hole again in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about it for a day, and then yeah, that's just going to be the way it is. Doesn't he, he, like, openly cops to being an a-hole? Oh, yeah. I think he does. Yeah. I think he does. Yeah. I mean... He's he's a big Michael Jordan fan in that regard. Oh, like he yeah. he is he is trying to emulate Mike, I think, in For that, sure. you know, you know, I'm going to murder everyone mentality. Right. And that like I don't know. I I don't necessarily again, I don't know how confrontational this was, but like Zach Lowe's piece today on the Sixers made it sound much more benign than it was. Like apparently Brown literally asked if anyone had anything to say, and then an assistant coach like challenged TJ McConnell to voice his concerns with the offense, and then Jimmy came out and was like, "Yeah, let's run stuff I'm good at do- running." Like, mm. that's what any good coach should do is like cater your system to your best players. And I'm not saying Brett Brown isn't a good coach, or I'm not saying that he's not trying to do that, but I am saying that's why you traded for Jimmy Butler in early November instead of at the All Star break. There's still three months between now and the playoffs to figure these things out, which is mm-hmm. great. And, like, I, I, I've I, been saying it for a while. I fully expect the Sixers team to look far different on March 1st than I do right now. Let's, like, let's hold our hot takes until then. Agreed. And, and also, I mean, I think a lot of it is just, you know, a reaction to that whole team not sinking as well. That goes to, to the whole Ben Simmons thing. Like, a right. lot of people have gone on the record like, hey – Maybe it's time to trade Ben Simmons. <laughs> right. And I think most of them are going that route because they think, you know, they just acquired Jimmy. So there's no way he's getting traded immediately once yeah. again. And they don't want to lose him for nothing in free agency. So they're kind of looking at trading Ben as like the final solution. And, you know, I'm, I, I've you know, brought that up a couple of times. But right. it's like the package has to be right. I mean, yeah. They, a desperation trade of Ben Simmons would be the worst thing in the world right now. Yeah, like, it. At Lowe ended his piece by saying two things could be true. The Sixers could win a title with Embiid, Butler, and Simmons, and the Sixers may have to trade Simmons at some point ahead of his, not restricted free agency, but, like, seven years uh, down the line. 
Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to to read that piece yet. Yet I heard his pod with with uh, Bill Simmons. Mm. Oh my god, that was so great when those two are are, are are back together again. Oh yeah, well you should. That's that's always fantastic. But uh, I, I was planning to to read it. I just didn't come around to it. But yeah, that that's the perfect way to sum it up, really. Yeah, and he went through some hypothetical Simmons trades, and none of them made sense. That's what he oh, said. Like, there aren't yeah. really trades that make sense for him. Just like, Oh, did he bring up Lillard? He brought up McCollum. Ah, he's like, so close. they would need more. And it, you wouldn't do it unless you're ready to get rid of Lillard, too. It, well, it, let's see. That kind of leads into my point. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Um, all right, let's move on from the Sixers. Let's go to your... Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at Pathways cu.com pathways is federally insured by the ncua your family is special that's why pathways financial credit union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country as the fastest growing credit union in ohio over the last 10 years you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com offer of credit is subject to credit approval pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the ncua Bulls, who made i saw they made two deals actually congratulations on the guy michael carter williams for like a hot second that was fun yeah. <laughs> i mean i guess for yeah. a cup of coffee and for a cup million, of coffee and one million dollars i guess but yeah more, more importantly yeah the memphis grizzlies traded wayne selden Marshawn mm-hmm. Brooks, not Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks, <laughs> and their 2019 and 2020 second round picks to the Bulls for Justin Holiday, breaking yeah. my heart because he's a guy who I thought the Sixers should have been all over. Yeah, I I just did not understand this whatsoever in terms of you know why New Orleans in particular, yeah, weren't all over Justin Holiday here. Have they? They've waived Brooks already, right? Yes, have. they did. Okay. They they did after the Michael Carter Williams trade. Okay, are they keeping Selden? Yes, it oh. seems that way. He's at least given a shot. Okay. So really, it was like a low level rotation player and two second round picks. Yeah, which is a great return for the Bulls. Now let's yeah. see how many of them they sell off to Golden State. <laughs> right. Yeah. So seven million dollars and wait, <laughs> perfect. What did you think of the deal for the Grizzlies? Loved it. Loved it. I mean, look, he, here's the thing. I mean, a lot of people pointed <laughs> to, to Holiday shooting 38%. Mm-hmm. That is kind of a you know a thing that's done lately. And mm-hmm. he, he just went into a slump. But the guy, when his feet are set and he's you know, you know spotting up in transition, he's, he's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. He's not the greatest defender, but he's not a bad defender either. Like when he's tacked with like a, the three and D label, it's kind of false, right? But at the same time, I get why it's made because he can defend two positions, but he's not like Kawhi Leonard about it or an OG <laughs> Ananobi about it. Like right. he's just you know average, slightly above average on like any given night. 
but it's the volume of threes. Um, before his slump uh, started, I was I was advocating that he would get like nine million a year on the open market because yeah. he was hitting three triples a game at one point. Wow! At almost forty percent. Jeez. And that's you know that's the type of thing that teams pay for through right. the nose. Especially if you're not like a liability defensively, and you know he is long and he is active and he's also kind of athletic. Even though he's, you know, almost thirty, he's not. You know, let me just look it up. He's got like yeah, less than seven thousand minutes uh, of NBA court time. That is virtually half of what Andre Wiggins have have, have played already. When mm-hmm. you really think about it, which is insane. So, you know, he's got somewhat fresh legs and. Yeah, I, I was looking for a lot of teams to pick him up. I, I was really uh, blown away to see it was the Grizzlies of all teams. But, I mean, here, here you go. I mean, I love it for the Grizzlies. Like, yep. especially because it seems like they've been kind of struggling as of late. Yes, okay. um, they have. But, I mean, so has Holiday. Holiday's played three games for him. Yeah. And he's four of 18, zero from six from downtown. He's <laughs> he's had 12 points in 54 minutes. That's so great. Yeah, so it's not the best of starts. But I do think that there is a component of, of you know truth in him being able to raise this team's level as soon as he gets a little bit more acquainted with his teammates and starts you know just getting out of this slump, honestly. Yeah. And, I mean, you brought up his field goal percentage, but also, like, a grand majority of his shots are from three-point range. Right. So, you know, when when if we're holding his field goal percentage against him, keep in mind that literally 67% of his shots are threes. Like, mm-hmm. it would be shocking if he shot in the mid-40s with that right. type of shot volume or, like, his diet of shots, I guess. It is a problem, though, when you look at the last 15 games of the season. He shot 23% from downtown and 28% overall. And given that the season is what, not even 40 games old yet. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it actually is. It, it's, it's, well, we're act, we're halfway. Yeah. I didn't even recognize that. All right. Fair enough. But that's still a fairly large chunk of the season. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, he, he, he really had a good start to the year and then he just kind of cooled off and it was sort of similar last year. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is just his MO. <laughs> Have a great 20 games, try to get paid. They should just shut him down for the year. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, and I didn't really want to you know, bring this up because he's played so well, but remember when this was the thing that Paul George did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he played wonderfully for the first half of the season, and then the right. last half was just like, eh. I know. I'll be yeah. really sad if that happens this year. Oh, I don't think it will, but I'm definitely looking out for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was Every box score for the games I don't watch, I'm like, what, what did you do? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I didn't realize just how bad the Grizzlies. So they basically, since I left the country, they've won one game. That's not great. It's it's been pretty bad. It's yeah. been pretty bad. Um, but it's it's strangely enough, from my perspective, I hadn't even looked at like the 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 slump specifically. It's six games, and then it was broken by uh, the win against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But I mean. You know, it's the West. I, I don't yeah. think we take, you know, these small, or, you know, was, yeah, whatever you call like a six-game slump. I don't know if you can call that a slump, but, I mean, it's look at the competition. Right. Look at this league right now, especially when the top the top of the league, even if we go over to the East, like you have Boston, who's really finding their stride. 
You have Toronto that just look amazing. Mm-hmm. And the West now you have Denver. Yeah. Just you know owning everyone. Uh and, and teams coming out of nowhere. So this on the one hand just doesn't surprise me. And this is partially why I was kind of <laughs> skeptical why why it should be specifically Memphis to trade for holiday. Mm-hmm. I think there are just more suitors out there that where it would make more sense. Yeah, because it. I mean, Memphis. I guess that hot start makes them think they can make the playoffs, which is fair. I mean, they have just a. Again, it's still the West. Like there's, there's a, what a five point five game gap between four and fourteen in the West. Mm. And we, as you said, we are now halfway through the season. Like it's still anyone right. aside from the Phoenix Suns could still feasibly make the playoffs. And I guess Memphis is figuring, let's just add one more wing and see if that gives us the extra push we need. Uh, well, they, they're going to need it because Dylan Brooks is out for the year now. I saw, and J.B. Bickerstaff was more upset about the leak of that information. Did yeah, I I, what was that about? I, didn't, I don't know. I, I only saw that in passing on Twitter. I yeah. saw a video where like they asked him, is Dylan Brooks out for the year? Shams just reported it. And he's like, well, I'm not going to confirm or deny, but I'm mad that this information leaked and we need to figure out who leaked it because we need, like, this. It, normally we need to submit, like, a statement from the team with this kind of info. So basically it sounds like they're waiting <laughs> it's, for it's a confirmed. Sec- yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's probably out for the year or a large part of the year. But it sounds yeah. like maybe they were waiting for a second opinion and hmm. maybe Brooks's agent or something leaked it to Shams would be my guess. But Bickerstaff yeah, seemed very pissed about it. Yeah. And then Chandler Parsons just, you know, is not oh, with yeah. the team anymore. What yeah. is that about? Uh, he wanted minutes. And, like, he was going to be sent down to the G League. And he was apparently open also to play games for him. But it just, I think he wanted, like, a clear plan, like, mm. moving forward. Like, yeah. For him to get reestablished. Uh-huh. I mean, I still think he's he's one of those guys, I think, who suffers a little bit from, hey, I used to be of a certain standard, and right. I think I still am that standard. So, you know, just look at my contract kind of way. Yeah. Not that I think he's completely unrealistic, but given, you know, all the injuries, I understand why Memphis is kind of weary about not really bringing him back and going, hey, look, you're starting small forward <laughs> from day one. Like, right, right. No, no, it's there's a lot of water under that bridge now. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, I, I mean, look, who's going to trade for him? I, on that contract? Right? See, the, yeah, I actually had an idea about that. Because remember our very long conversations about trading you know, bad contracts for worse contracts? Mm-hmm. How would Nick Batum mm. fit in with Memphis now that Dylan Brooks is out and, you know, Parsons obviously not come, coming back. Yeah, I guess the only thing from Charlotte is if you do that, you're basically telling Kemba to leave. I guess. Right? Because, like, you're... I don't know. I th- I think Kemba's loyalty, loyalty right now is just, like, doesn't matter. I'm staying. Like, I'm I a, hope. You know, yeah. hashtag hoarded for life. Right. Something like that. Right. Or maybe you tell him, like, if we we, we by doing this... We will get worse, but we'll clear up cap space sooner so we can get you more help. 
and we get a top-notch rookie maybe Zion Williamson yeah well Charlotte's like still in the playoff they're like too good to fail right now so far at least I mean the problem now is like if you're oh they are yeah if you're trying to tank you're not gonna catch Phoenix Cleveland New York nope Atlanta yeah Chicago maybe like at some point maybe the Bulls put it together just because they were so unhealthy early no, I don't think so. The 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 offense has been just dreadful. Oh, you don't like just all of the Robin Lopez post ups? No, I I I don't. But then again, I'm not a former video coordinator, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, uh, no, but but it's an interesting point about Charlotte because I was you know you know obviously I was wrong. I was thinking I, I didn't really look at the stand. I I thought they had won around six you know fifteen sixteen games, mm-hmm. and then by losing Nick Batum. Like you would lose a component, right? But I mean, they're at nineteen and twenty-one, so they're almost at five hundred. Yeah, they, that they would, would that, like that's, have a playoff yeah. spot right now. Yes. So even if you trade Batum, like you still have Kemba, who's going to win you like what f- you know, fifteen games, right? Yeah, I think at best, any team that isn't, even if you tried to start tanking right now. I think the best you can hope for is the sixth worst record in the NBA. Yeah, and then you just have to play the lottery odds. Okay, right, right, and like that's oh, assuming yeah. we'll talk about Washington in a minute. That's assuming they don't go into the tank at some point. Orlando did its annual like start hot and now is garbage again. Yeah, who knows what's up with Detroit? Like Charlotte may may back into the playoffs regardless. Right, and even Washington, I mean, we need to look at them as well because, you know, this actually fits because we're going to be talking about John Wall. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bradley Beal has just taken ownership of that team right now. And they're 3-2 mm-hmm. and two over the last five, and Beal has been balling. Yeah. So he could actually lead them to, like, a handful more victories just by himself, with, like, for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Again, like a too-good-to-fail kind of team. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's memphis is in a really tough spot because like they also have to juggle they owe a top eight protected pick to boston this year where to some extent i think we've talked about this before since the draft class right now doesn't look spectacular outside of the top five you may want to even give that pick up now because the protections get worse and worse from memphis's perspective yeah next year and the year beyond that. I think it's top six protected next year and then completely unprotected the year after that. Right. So you, you like, almost want to give up that pick now, which is why you want to stay competitive and not fall too far out of the race. But you also, I mean, ideally would not like to give up the number nine overall pick just because that still has some value. So, yeah, they're, they're in a really tricky spot. It's going to be... I, I like, mean, I'm just yeah, fascinated. D- this trade deadline should be so interesting because there are yes. so many teams that could convince themselves. Again, there's 14 teams in the West. They're in the playoff race. Like I actually wrote a primer on the trade deadline um, for my Danish patron. Oh, nice. And and I realized while writing it and looking over teams and their contract situation that this like normally you have like a handful, maybe ten teams that are really active that could be really active like potential you know very hardcore actors on the trade deadline market Mm -hmm. this year it's 30 teams yeah because every team 
has an advantage to gain by going out to play the field right now. Like, even Golden State has to be looking over at Toronto going, uh, I mean, hmm. <laughs> right. I could use a little something-something. Right. Yeah. Like, there are so many teams that should be buyers. And then right. there are, like, at least five clear ones that should be sellers. But then who knows what happens with some of the other teams, some of the lower-rung teams in the East. I, I don't think there are going to be too many sellers in the West because, I, I mean, like, all of the teams are out of the playoff picture right now. How, like, the Pelicans can't be sellers. You just can't do that with Anthony Davis free. Oh, no, 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 no. Pelicans should be buyers. This is this is why I'm so wondering about, you know, Justin Holiday. Yeah. He would have made so much sense. Only a $4.4 million cap hit. I know. Like, weird yeah i i but but you know we are going to see so many rumors oh, of yeah. deals like I, I i'm i'm bringing up nick batum again because i think he's a prime example like going to portland for like evan turner and like myers leonard mm. like some of those deals like they would just make sense right like a team that's in the playoff hunt looking to get significantly better even though they you know get worse if you understand my meaning like <laughs> right, right. contractually yeah um you know that that's a gamble they need to take yeah and, and by the way in regards to like what you just said <laughs> outside of the top five of the draft mm-hmm. so while you've been away um cam reddish has turned into not a top three pick oh. let's just put it that way okay uh he's been horrid great absolutely horrid here's a guy who's not even like a high volume playmaker and he, he was averaging four turnovers and shooting like 22 percent from Ew. the field or whatever it was really really bad um so a lot of concerns has have risen up about him so i'm i'm fairly certain he's gonna fall out of the top five top three at least top wow. five maybe as well okay I, I so, some teams will look at his upside and go yeah he was just you know stuck in a situation where he couldn't be his own man that's mm-hmm. fair but in the nba he's probably not going to be his own man anyway so you need to take account and you know, take that into account yeah uh but on the flip side jared culver of texas tech has really broken out oh. and you of all people would love him. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's your type of player. Just is six 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 seven, strong build. Oh yeah, improving shooter can get to the cub. Aggressive defensively, he's one of those guys right now. Like looked at as a you know kind of ish top ten pick who could easily find himself in the top five. Oh wow, yeah, Great. you 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 would love him. So I'm gonna be pissed when Boston takes him with Sacramento's pick. Got it. That could actually happen, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, since we were teasing at Washington, let's let's wrap up yes. on them. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids' and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. So John Wall, who, who already did not have a fantastic contract heading into his Supermax, is now out for the rest of the year to repair bone spurs in his left heel. Right. As you said, Bradley Beal has been a monster since that news came out. The Wizards are, it looks like they've been 3-2 and two since, without Wall. Bradley Beal has 20 points in each of those games, at least 20 points. He's averaging almost 35 assists, mm-hmm. nearly 5 rebounds, 4 threes, my God. Uh, he went supernova on the Sixers last night, which was really fun. Uh, right. That said, the Wizards were already in a tricky spot in terms of salary cap flexibility with Wall Supermax kicking in, with Beal on a max deal, with Otto Porter on a max deal, with Jan Mahimi right. just taking up $16 million in dead space. Do you think this Wall injury affects their trajectory at all heading into the trade deadline? I mean, I think... Uh, I, no, not necessarily. I think they were, w- w- regardless of whether John was was, you know, healthy or not. I think they were looking at doing something with this team because, you know, the Kelly Oubre trade, just they it didn't fetch enough of a return to make it look as though they were finished. Mm-hmm. Like it looked at the, as as the beginning of something. I I, I will say this: Candace Buckner um, came out with. Oh, what's her outlet again? Uh, the Washington Post. There we go. I th- yeah. Um, she actually brought up something that was very interesting on Twitter. So apparently John Wall's heel has mm-hmm. been a problem for years. And mm. it's been bothering him for years. Okay. And maybe that can explain why he's been somewhat inconsistent from a year-to-year basis. Hmm. And now it's like this whole process is being made in a way where John is like, you know, now I need to get it taken care of permanently right. so I can rehab. I'll spend these six to eight months rehabbing and then I'll get back and I won't have any pain left in my heel. Mm-hmm. Assuming that's the case, like there is actually some light at the end of the tunnel because it might not be this very you know, inconsistent version of Wall we get back. It might actually be a legitimate, you know, two years ago John Wall. Mm. And that could change a lot of things in Washington. Because I mean, yeah, we we can we can criticize Wall for being, you know, not a great leader, not a leader at all actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being somewhat <laughs> lazy. But even that, like the latest part of him not running, like, yeah, if his heel is hurting and he's standing still, like that kind of makes sense. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a subplot that they're going to be looking at and, and looking at John's rehabilitation and kind of judging off of that, honestly. Hmm. That, I didn't realize that about, huh, that is interesting. It is. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that John Wall will be, you know, in, in an all-NBA guy or whatever, but 
it's at least worth some consideration if he's going to come back and play at, you know, the level that a, a prime John Wall can. Right. Yeah. The other thing I've been intrigued by with the Wizards of late is that Otto Porter, you know, he missed a couple, looks like 10 games, came back at the start of January, and has been coming off the bench for the last five games. Right. It's a lot of money to pay Otto Porter to play 20, 25 minutes a game. I, yeah, I, I was kind of concerned about that, honestly. Uh, we'll say this. It's it's worked so far. He, he's <laughs> averaging 15 and a half points in 22 minutes. Yeah. Um, he's coming in just gunning away, and, and he's actually doing what you and I have talked about. Not not in specifically, you know, in regards to, to Otto Porter, but you and I have, you and I have talked about guys who can come in and be on a minute restriction, but where the head coach is going to let you just go balls to the wall mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes. It seems as though that's the role that Porter has right now. Like he's given those 22 minutes and he's just got like the green light for everything in those 22 minutes. Like just go get yours. Hmm. Which I think is interesting because it might be a way for Porter to actually you know, regain some confidence. I think he lost a lot of that in recent months, mm-hmm. uh, especially leading up to the season. So, but, you know, what do I know? I haven't gotten fired by the Wizards. So, uh. <laughs> right, right. You might have a little more insight into that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I would, I, I saw some quotes from Scott Brooks about it too, where he's just like, it seems to be working. We're going to keep trying and tinkering with our rotation and, We'll see, and I guess if that's your, it, maybe that is the theory. Like you need more bench scoring, and you can't count on Jeff Green necessarily to give you that. Whereas... No, you can't count on <laughs> Jeff Green, really. Yeah. I know, shocker. <laughs> so I guess that that's like the theory now is Beal is just going to be this like Beal's going to be Harden Jr. They're going to have Ariza to hit threes, even though he apparently hasn't hit one in three games, and yeah, then. Well. Otto Porter is just going to come off the bench and go for 15 to 20 and hope their depth can help sustain the loss of Wall. Can, can I tell you something interesting? Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal, he's not he's 0.2 points away, but if he comes up on 24.4 points a game, mm-hmm. then he's on track for 2,000 points this season. Wow. And we talked about him... A couple months back, where you know, after the whole uh, Washington Wizards blow up article came out, mm-hmm. and like we were both in full agreement with with one another in regards to you know, the one guy you just you should try to find a way to keep at all cost is yeah. Bradley Beal, unless of course you're willing to to blow it all to bits, in which case you should get the most from Beal. Like Beal right now is that one guy where you just like. Yeah, he's the be- the best trade asset or and the best asset you really have. Mm-hmm. The way that he's playing right now, I'm not sure you could actually justify trading him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, he's we talked about him, you know, heading before I went on vacation. We did our like who should be an all star pod. Yeah, or like Bradley Beal. We lean yes, but like the Wizards are so bad that who knows? Like if he keeps doing this, he's a lot. Oh, for sure. Like, he, and and here's the thing: he's 25. Yeah. Like he's 25. He won't be 26 until the off season. Is he? 
because of the snafu with Buddy Heald's age, isn't he younger than Buddy Heald? <laughs> yeah, he is. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good... But, but then again, look. Look at how much you... This is why I hate the idea of drafting seniors compared to freshmen. <laughs> right. I mean, look at this. Now you have a Bradley Beal who's, what, in his, what, seventh season? Yeah. And what is Buddy in? Third, Like his, Yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. his third season. Right. And he's, he's apparently older. Uh, but, but Beal now, because of all this NBA experience and, you know, him going through the trials and errors of the NBA, mm-hmm. like right now he's... He's. I'm not saying he's going to be an All NBA player, but he's playing at that level, right? And that's with all due respect to Heald, who is also having a career year and is playing really well, very well. Yes. But to your point, he's old. Like Bradley Beal is a better player than Buddy Heald, and he's yes. a younger player than Buddy Heald. And it's the it's the age that's just very interesting to me. Like yeah. I, that, this is why I don't want necessarily to, you know, attach myself to a senior because I know there's going to be somewhat limited potential. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm getting something something that's closer to a done done product. Like this season from Buddy Hield, I wonder, I wonder if it's if this is like the best that he's gonna be. Yeah, or even if not, I mean. At a certain point, like he's already twenty six now. Yeah. Uh, even even if he has a couple more years where he improves somewhat, like he's still already in the, what should be the beginning of his athletic prime. Like Correct. there isn't much. In theory, there probably isn't as much room for growth as we've seen from a Bradley Beal over those seven years. Right. Like I. Think I mean, yes. Year seven of Buddy Heald is not going to be the best year of his career, most likely. Correct. Like, yeah, and but like both Buddy Heald and Bradley Beal are are in their physical primes right now, at the beginning of their physical primes. Right. But one guy just has the advantage of having been in the NBA so much longer that he understands the ins and outs, and like the game has begun slowing down for him. Right. Like Heald is healed, even though he's older, just because he's lacking the the same NBA experience, he's a couple years away from having that moment where oh, like the game is actually beginning to slow down. Yeah, he he's played two hundred games or two hundred and three. Beal has right. played four hundred and forty eight regular season games. There you go. It adds up quickly. I right. mean, just one rookie season, you almost get a lead uh, on one hundred games. Yeah, that's why it just it it matters. It matters. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see how the Wizards approach these next couple weeks because they're one of the teams you know i think it's fair to say that like the hawks the knicks the Cavs, the suns are probably going to be sellers at least they'll like you know the hawks have no need for a jeremy lynn or a kent baysmore like they'll try to trade away their veteran pieces if they can the, the knicks will happily trade away courtney lee i'm sure the wizards are the one team where it's like if they go on a little bit of a run, the East is just so weak at the bottom that I could see them them talking themselves into being potential, like, a number eight seed. But I could also see them talking themselves into, like, let's just rebuild around Bradley Beal. Let's mm. do whatever we can. But, you know, they can't. <laughs> right. Because of Wall. Like, right. that's... 
that is just a major problem. I mean, look, you cannot build around Bradley Beal without acknowledging that, hey, you know, your bad backcourt mate has to be John Wall. Does John Wall currently have the worst contract in the NBA? Yes. Yeah. I, even ahead of Andrew Wiggins. I was thinking Kevin Love, too. Uh, yeah, I, I remember our summer together as well, Brian. <laughs> right? our, our what in God's name are the Cleveland Cavaliers doing? I still for... love the look of our wives looking at us when we walked around like animals laughing. Yeah. At the yeah. <laughs> like in that theme park. Yep. They were just like, that's our husbands. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And six <laughs> months later, it remains just as inexplicable. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have another kit coming now, so That's I mean, true. That's that. true. Big congrats yep. on that, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I did something right, I guess. <laughs> unlike the something. Wizards. Unlike, unlike the Wizards, unlike the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. extending. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I think that's a good place to wrap up before we alienate two more fan bases. So, thank you all for joining us. Again, I'm sorry that we couldn't record during the whole Thibodeau being fired or Jimmy Butler snafu, but yeah, how dare you? How dare you go to Japan? <laughs> Thankfully, I mean, I'm happy we didn't record during the Jimmy Butler thing. I was, I, I saw that on Twitter. I like sent one snarky tweet and I logged off for three days because I knew there was just no good that was going to come of that. But now I'm back and I'm not going anywhere for a while. So we will be back to our regularly scheduled uh, podcast. And we've got a fun <laughs> trade deadlines coming up soon, all-star break soon. So we'll have a lot of good stuff in the coming weeks. In the meantime... Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handle in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek. And I was joined as always by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. The right Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.